0: and amen well I am so just so thankful to be in church this morning I mean we have been Dealing with a lot this week Um going through a lot. There's been a lot of responsibilities that have happened And a lot of things that have just kind of come our way throughout this week and um like I said last week, when we're in this series called Pray This Way. And we're, we're, we're answering the question that the disciples asked uh, Jesus on one occasion when they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? In fact, they didn't ask. They actually said, Lord, teach us to pray. A- and when, when we get before the Lord in prayer and we have the privilege, I, I get all that. Uh, but the disciples were, were one group, and I'm somebody different. Uh so I have the privilege, and so do you, of going to Jesus like they did and saying, Lord, teach us to pray. A- and and I look at those words that say, Lord, teach us to pray. And and I, I get it, they were asking him, teach us how to pray. But I think some of us, if we're honest, Before God and honest with ourselves, we need God just to teach us to pray, to do it, to do the action, because we're not. And and it's like God, almost God, remind me to pray, teach me to pray. God, what do I need to be doing as a believer? And he says, well, these are some things you can do, and prayer is one of the privileges we have. Okay, God, well then teach me to pray teach me to do that and then we can we can look at these disciples and when they said that you know the prayer that we could pray you know can you can you just imagine if we were to go to jesus and say jesus in our current situation in our current world what's going on before us right now because that's what they were doing they were seeing all these miracles they were seeing things happening right before their eyes and they saw the way that jesus uh went about his business his kingdom business on this earth. Remember, they, they saw him. Would he, would he would be up before they were, and he would go and pray to the Father, and then miracles would happen. When Jesus would pray, then live out his ministry, they would be able to see Jesus and saying, well, he was up before us praying, and now there are miracles happening. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. People are finding hope, health, healing. They're finding all kinds of things in Jesus because he took the time to pray. And the disciples would see that, and they would say, well, man, well, we're living through this time with you, Jesus. Teach us how to do this. Teach us to pray. And what a prayer we would have right now as a nation, as a people. When you say, Lord, I I don't even know, the disciples, they wanted to know. Teach us to pray. We don't don't know. We don't know what we're doing here. This is all new to us, Jesus. The disciples say, I see what you're doing. Lord, teach us that. When we don't know what to do, when we don't know what to say, like, you know, Lord, help me, help me, Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. It was the cry of the disciples, remember, back in Luke chapter 11, when, he, when he, those words were spoken to Jesus, God, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us to pray. And now Jesus answers that request in Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles or your apps with you this morning, we're going to be in Matthew 5 and in 6. He gives so much insight to the answer, and Matthew sort of breaks it down. And he begins in these verses earlier. Jesus responds to the disciples' cry, "Teach us to pray, and he responds, Pray this way. Chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. Pray this way, our Father... And we talked about that, our father, we spent some time there in the first few weeks. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be King James, thy name. How many love the King James version? Can I see it? Would you admit that to me this morning? A few, right? If it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me, right? These are the jokes, y'all. If you're not laughing now, it's going to be a long three hours. Hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. How many know it is difficult not to stay here for three hours and preach through that whole thing? Somebody said, preach, pastor. I heard it. No, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Somebody said, amen. I did hear that. I want to look at verse 10 this morning. And uh, if you'll highlight that in your Bibles, it's okay. That's where we are. When, When Jesus, we're in this series called Pray This Way. And in verse 10, we've walked through these first few verses in the last few weeks. But now we're up to your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, what have we learned so far? I'll just a quick a re, quick recap. Our Father, right, is always good, always good. We learned that we are His children, and we learned that there's some things if we have father father drama, father issues in our life. There's some things that we need to work through in order to, be, to say to God and to accept the fact that He is our Father, our Abba Father, our Daddy, the one that sees us through this life, the one that takes care of us, the one where we can crawl up next to Him when we need to, the one where we can get correction when we need to. Church, are you alive this morning? But we pray to God and we know, we know that He's always good and that we are His children. And we don't pray to to sort of get God to change his mind. We don't pray to sort of twist God's arm and say, God, we, we really need your help here. We don't pray to change his mind. We actually, when we pray, we actually get our mind changed, right? How many have experienced that from time to time? We learned that he is Yahweh, that he is everything that we need, right? We learned that last week, more than just answering prayers for stuff, Uh, He is the thing that we actually need, that God is what we need. Instead of asking for this long list of things, we need to ask for more of Him. And we learned that last week. There's nothing we need more than our need for God. We were reminded that in James chapter 1 and verse 17, that every gift is from God. Every good gift and perfect gift comes from God, and He freely gives it. And it says that it's raining down from the Father of lights who shines from heaven with no hidden shadow or darkness. Remember in Him there is nothing dark or shadowy. And He's never subject to change. This is the God that we serve. And I talked about how last week how we can exhale. We can kind of breathe before we go into our list or into how how we we get into prayer. We have that moment of... Before I ask, I rest. Father, before I request, I rest. I breathe. Philippians 4 reminds us we are to make our petitions and our praises transform our worries into prayers. We want to receive from our Father in heaven. We want to be transformed by the Spirit of God and by the love of God. Why do we pray? Teach us to pray. And we got through our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be, Hallowed be. Remember, Hallowed, Holy, Worship, Awesome is your name. And so that's what we've been talking about in the last couple weeks, few weeks. And now we come to this new verse. Let your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now Jesus now invites us to pray and to call For the realities of heaven to be seen in the earth and in our lives. Just get your mind around that for one minute. Maybe I need to start by reminding you. Maybe you don't know this. That the kingdom is here. It was the first message from John the Baptist. Remember when that crazy guy John the Baptist was wandering the desert saying that the kingdom of God is here? The kingdom of God is near. It is now. It is coming. It is here. In fact, it is here. No one was believing the locust eating crazy dread. I could just see John just seemed like an odd dude to me, right? Sort of a dreadlock. Maybe look, maybe walking through the desert, picking out some spare locusts. And remember Captain Caveman reaching in, grabbing a little snack, a little salty something or other from behind the ears. And John says, the kingdom of God. Is here, And then if you fast forward just a little bit, it's actually the first message Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 3. He says, you know, hey y'all, God's kingdom is here. Remember the message, repent, the kingdom is here. Change the way you think about this God that you've learned all of these hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Change the way you think about him, because the kingdom is here. Change the way you think about your life and yourself. Just get a whole new view, people, because this is not like the law. It's not like you, uh, you previously knew. It's not like you thought it was. This is not God as, you know, as you've known him. The kingdom is here. It's time. What the Bible calls in the fullness of time, God sent Jesus. Pastor, what does that mean, the fullness of time? It's one of my favorite phrases in the Bible. When all of time and space, God ordained it and said, you know what? Now is the time. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. And then Jesus comes out of the wilderness, and the first message that he says is exactly the same. God's kingdom is here. And now he gives us even more into this in Luke chapter 17, verse 21. He says that the kingdom of God is not here or there, but the kingdom of God is within you. So what is the kingdom? If we just take that word out of that verse 10, your kingdom come. What is a kingdom? A kingdom, it's a country, it's a state, it's a territory ruled by a king or queen. It's as simple as that. Spiritually, here's my definition of the kingdom of God, the BLT version the spiritual reign and authority of God. Spiritual. Remember when Jesus came preaching the kingdom. Everyone rejoiced because they thought the kingdom was going to overthrow Rome. Remember that? Jesus came and he said the kingdom is here. And they they all knew about the coming kingdom and the coming king. And they said, oh, Jesus is here. If he is the Messiah, it's time to overthrow the oppressing Roman government that has been holding us down for all these years. So they were expecting this natural kingdom. They were expecting this rule, this reign of a king in an area and a kingdom to be set up. Not necessarily a spiritual kingdom. So the the kingdom of God, though, is a spiritual reign and authority of God. The place where Jesus is king and his followers invite his reign and his rule into their reality, into their life. So Jesus tells us to pray for the kingdom. Remember, this is the prayer. This is not just Jesus teaching. This is how do we pray. God, Jesus teach us how to pray. He says, your kingdom come. Pray that. Pray for the kingdom to come. It is here within me, but now I need to ask for it. Wait a second. If the kingdom is here, why do I need to ask for it? That's a little strange. It's here within me, but now I need to pray for it. Why? Because he is calling us to desire that the kingdom of God be manifest in our lives. Manifest. Boy, that's a preacher churchy word, isn't it? The manifest presence of God. We talk about that, right? I've heard preachers that, are, that will talk about God. They, that's how they say it, right? God. We need to pray for the manifest presence of God. Manifest. What is that manifest? It's here. It's within me, but it needs to get out. You know, you can have somebody in a room, right? A crowded room, and they're in the room with you, but you don't see them. They're not manifest. They're not made known. They're not brought out. They're not seen. They're there, every bit there. They're every bit in that room, but you haven't seen them. They're not manifest. We have the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. But we need it to manifest where the kingdom is within me. Yes, but I need it to manifest, be seen. The Apostle John said the anointing of God is within me, but I need that to be out free. People need to see it manifest. The Apostle Paul said that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, but I need that to manifest manifest. In other words, yes, the kingdom is here. Yes, the kingdom is within me, but we want to see that. We want to experience that. We need to see it in our lives, and we can. We can see it in our lives, our families, our churches. The kingdom of God is right now, here, and not yet. Kingdom living and kingdom life is full of those seemingly paradoxical Uh, phrases the kingdom is here and now but not yet and this is why we pray because it's here but not yet so we're not as some people would call kingdom now theology because it's not all here it's not all here obviously look out the window (laughs) turn on the tv the kingdom of god is not all here right now It's now, but it's not yet. It's here, but it needs to manifest. That's why we pray for His kingdom. That's why we believe for justice. That's why we cry out. That's why the church is on the earth. Because yes, it's now, but it's not yet. It's here in part, but not in fullness. It's here, but it's also coming. But the life of the believer should be marked by the kingdom of God. Glimpses. On earth as it is in heaven. Glimpses of heaven. Diverse people that are people of faith. Diverse people. Beautiful people that have said "If in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. How do I make that happen? I've heard people say that in heaven that everyone's going to speak Hebrew. Everyone will just get to heaven and speak Hebrew. No, 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 every tongue, every language, every culture represented, every color, every everyone, every race, creed, color, everybody is represented. That's the kingdom. And we're doing our part to bring the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Bringing the kingdom here, what does it look like? Glimpses. Miracle moments. A few weeks ago, remember, we talked about miracle moments. Your whole life is not a miracle, right? It's not one after another, after another, after another. However, your whole life is not perfect, but we believe for miracle moments. We see the glimpses on earth as it is in heaven. Prayers that invite God's rule and reign in our life. Is this our, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your kingdom come. God, you reign, you rule, you, you are in charge of my life. Your kingdom come and be manifest so that on earth we will see glimpses of heavenly things. You putting that together this morning? Pray for your kingdom to come. Your reign, your rule in my life. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that when the kingdom reigns and he reigns in your life, it can be manifest and set out to the world so that they will get glimpses of heavenly things on earth as it is in heaven. That's the kind of prayers I want to pray. That's the kind of prayers that Jesus invites us to pray. Wild, crazy, bold, dangerous sometimes prayers. That would invite the cavalry of heaven to invade and infect your life and your family. Invite the kingdom. See the supernatural. God, let your kingdom come. I want to see it. I want to see it. Point number one this morning, and I only have 12. And somebody said, I only have two. Point number one, what does it mean? Your kingdom come means I want everything God has for me. Not had, he still has it. I want everything God has for me. Your kingdom come means everything. I want everything heaven has for me here. I want everything, Lord, that you have for me. I accept your reign and your rule. God, I want everything that you have for me. I want God's rule. I want God's reign. I want God's lordship in my life. The kingdom is God's domain, and I'm believing for that in my life and for your life, for God to rule in your lives. And what does it mean to rule? This isn't even in my notes. It's a bonus. Point number 40. What does it mean for something or someone to rule? That they have rule and reign, dominion over your life. They're the go-to. That God would rule your life would mean he is on the throne. He is in control. He is ruling your life. So that when people see you, they see that you have a relationship with this God and that, that he controls what comes out of your mouth What comes forth from your fingers, that he would reign over that. What I said earlier about us asking the wrong questions. It's not about what side of the aisle you're on. It's not about whether you wear it or you don't. It's not about whose lives matter. Those are important questions. But they're not the most important questions. It's time for Christians, Christians, believers, those who say your kingdom come. Those who say God's reign and rule is present in my life. God's lordship is over my life. It's time for us to start asking more important questions. Pastor, those are very important questions. They are, do you know Jesus? Are you okay with with your relationship with God in uncertain times? That's the most important question. The kingdom is the king's domain. And I'm believing for God, His dominion, His domain. I'm believing for His rule in my life, His reign in my life, His lordship. The kingdom of God is here, and the kingdom of God is within me, but I want the kingdom of God to be manifest. I want it to be out there. I want people to know, because I trust my good Father. Our Father, right? Our Father. I can now allow Him to guide me, Him to lead me. Him to lead my thoughts. Him to lead my prayer life. Him to lead what comes out. It's important. Many people I know are just afraid to let God lead. They're still trying to do things their own way. And, uh, and, I, and my prayer is that you would allow God to lead and transform. Roman, Romans 8 tells us, and how many know, my, my favorite portion of scripture is Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. How awesome is that? It's an awesome adventure that life becomes when we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. The greatest reward of pastoring this church is knowing that I'm being led by the Holy Spirit of God. That's where the joy is. That's where the adventure is. That's where the peace is. Flip over to Romans for me. Just flip right over. It's just a couple of swipes. A couple of swipes over to Romans chapter 14. We get the clearest definition of the kingdom of God in the life of the believer right here in Romans 14. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God, here we go again. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and... And joy in the Holy Spirit. What are we praying for? The kingdom. Right? We said back in back in verse 10, what are we praying for? Your kingdom come. What kingdom? What's that like? Well, the Apostle Paul lays it out for us. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit of God. What is Paul saying? Do we drill down and look at those words and say, it's not eating and drinking? Is Paul saying, what Paul is saying, it's not about rules, it's not about do's and don'ts. Stop arguing about this stuff. It's not about that. Because back then, you would go to the market and and you would buy meat. But that meat probably had been sacrificed to an idol that morning. They, They weren't wasteful. So, so the Christians were going, you know, I don't want to eat this steak because earlier it was probably sent up to one of the gods. And that's kind of strange, so I'm not going to do that. Christians would say, I'm not going to eat the meat. And others were like, man, I'm hungry. And that steak looks delicious. And I'm going to eat. And some Christians are going, man, it's not about eating. And some Christians are going, you know, I'm not, I'm not comfortable drinking wine anymore. Remember, they had, that's what they had, wine to drink, and there were reasons. And we can debate over that all day long. But some of them would say, you know what, I'm not comfortable drinking wine anymore. And some of them were like, turned down for what? Come on, somebody. So Paul goes, you know, you're, you're getting caught up in the wrong things. That was his point. If you, if you can't eat meat, then don't do it. If you can drink wine, then he's saying, look, this is what we have. Then it's not about this. Stop arguing. It's not about the rules and regulations, whether it's meat or drink. It's not about that. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. Knock it off. Paul says, look, this is what the kingdom is. It's asking the right questions. It's not debating over silly things. And everything is silly when it comes to saved or not saved. It's not, it's not emotion. The Holy Spirit is not in my truth. I should say that the argument is not just in my truth, whether I think eating is okay or drinking is okay or whether I think this is okay or not. Paul says, no, no, stop, stop, stop. So when I say, let your kingdom come, I'm saying, God, break me out of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. Break me out of cold, dead religion, religious things for religious sake. You all right? I'm saying, God, set me free to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit. I just wonder if if you know anyone, none of you people. I know you polished your halos before you came here. I can see them. You're the holy ones. I know that. You're here. But does anybody you know maybe their life look like rigid, cold rules and regulations? Or does it look like righteousness, peace, and joy? A spirit filled, spirit led life. We need to pray for the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Your walk with God? Is it a cold set of do's and don'ts? Or an on fire walk with the Lord with righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit? Is the kingdom manifest in your life as a believer? Is the kingdom coming out of you? Do people just, wow, they're, they're sure not caught up in this whole thing. And I think you all know what I mean by this whole thing. Because that's what it is now. It's a whole thing. It's not just an argument whether a virus is going to get people sick. Because that's really what it is. Is the virus going to get someone sick? But now, <laughs> it's a whole thing. But what, do people look at you and say, why don't they react like everyone else does? Why aren't they forwarding all the news stories? Well, I'm pulling your feet. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Pull in your feet. Why aren't they forwarding the news stories? Why aren't they posting the doom and gloom? Why aren't they saying this pro pro this, pro that? Why don't they have a certain candidate's flag in their yard? Why don't they take a stance on some things and dig their heels in and say, "Mm." Why are they different? Because the the kingdom isn't about trivial things like that. The kingdom is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Spirit Spirit-led. Maybe it's time to pray for God's kingdom. Have you lost your peace? It's time to invite the kingdom. Have you lost joy? Pray for God's kingdom. Do you miss the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Remember when things were normal? Say, so what's normal? Remember when we had the when you had the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? And you can kind of have that peace. And just say, oh God, it's just nice to be in your presence, Holy Spirit. Oh, your peace, your joy, it just fills me up. Oh, bring, oh, peace and joy. I just love you, God, the peace and joy, the bring, oh. They, They shouldn't be talking about my mother like that. Let me just tell them what I think send what was that peace joy righteousness spirit led the fellowship of the holy spirit it's time to pray god let your kingdom come every single day we invite the kingdom of god into our life the kingdom the reign and rule of god in our life not not religious prayer you know like kind of wrote things remember what jesus said before any of this well when you do pray let me just tell you They said, teach us to pray. He said, when you do pray, don't just repeat things out of cold, dead, religious habit. Don't just preach. In fact, Jesus used a harsh word then. He said, like the heathens do. Remember, when I was first saved, I didn't know what a heathen was. But if Jesus said, don't be like one, I don't want to be like one. Book of Proverbs said that if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an infidel. I don't know what an infidel is, but I don't want to be worse than one. The heathens, the unbelievers. He said, don't do that. Pray this way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is. God, let your kingdom rule. Let your kingdom reign. Let your lordship. Let your righteousness, your peace, your joy, spirit led. Guide me, Holy Spirit. Correct me. Rebuke me, Holy Spirit. Y'all right? Do whatever you got to do in me, God. I am yours. Let your kingdom come. I want everything that heaven has for me to come. Your kingdom come now. Point number two Your will be done. Your will be done means I trust God's heart over my desires. Let me drill down on that. God, let your will be done because I trust your heart even over my own desires. I guess you have to start kind of with an obvious statement that's not so obvious. God, let your will be done. That is to admit that God's will is not always done. Let me shock you a little bit this morning. We've got to get honest. You see, there's so much of Western church, not just American church, but some in the Western church have given in to the notion that everything that happens is God's will. Well, you can quickly argue that with the Word of God. Not everything that happens to us is God's will or God's plan for our life, right? God does not will for us to sin. It's not God's will for you to sin. But we do. It's not God's will, if we look at the Scripture, that any should perish. But they do. Am I right? Help me out, church. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all would have everlasting life, right? But sometimes people perish. God provided an antidote in the case of sin in Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. He had a ready-made remedy for every time we fall short and we just kind of accept everything as god's will so we try to spiritualize everything because we feel like we have to we don't we don't have to we don't have to spiritualize everything but we pray god let your will be done it's to say that god i believe that your will is not being done in this area and i want your will to be done in this area personalize it i believe there are some things in my life god that are not your will would you admit before god this morning you don't have to tell me Would you admit before God this morning that sometimes some attitudes in your life, some things in your life, are not necessarily what God's will is? Would you confess that before him this morning? It's funny because we think we can hide things from God, right? Well, God, there's just this one thing. There's just this one, well, you know what they say, God, I can't react like that. Expect me to take that. There are some areas in your life, would you agree this morning, that are not God's will. But there are areas in your life that you pray, God, your will be done in my life. God, there are some things, there are some attitudes, there are some things in my life that are not your will. But God, I want them to be your will. Lord, I believe there are some issues in my life that are not your will, but God, I want your will to be done. So I'm surrendering that to you, God. And so though at times, sometimes that that theology can comfort us, you know, it, it really can sort of help us trust God through challenging seasons. You know, we say, you know, well, God's in control of everything. And He is. He is. And, you know, kind of understand that, that we just say, well, God's ways are higher than our ways. And that is true but also that theology that causes us sometimes to kick our feet up and relax when we look at it in the the context of our own lives. Not just in the broad, grand scheme of things. Like God is sovereign and in control. Amen? Right. But if we believe that down to our very life, that, that everything is happening in my life because it's all God's will, no, the sin that's happening in your life is not God's will for your life. But it can also cause you to settle for less than what God has for you. Because we just kind of, well, you know what, I guess it's God's will. And we end up settling. And it spout, sounds real spiritual. Well, you know, I guess, you know I, I guess that didn't happen because it must be God's will. You can, invite, you can invite all kinds of trouble with that theology. God's will is to be prayed for and sought out and understood in the word of God. And then lived out in our actions. I'll say it again. God's will is to be prayed for. It's to be sought out. It's to be understood in the word of God. And it's to be lived out in our actions. Don't be afraid of the will of God. Remember this this morning, church. Don't forget this. That God is better than you think. He's kinder than you know. That's why I played that video. He's smarter and wiser. His plan is bigger than you even suspect it is. So you can trust him. Just... Trust, trust that he's got a proven track record in his word. Trust him. When we pray that your will be done, when I pray that your will be done, Lord, I'm surrendering my will to his, my ways to his, my actions to his, my thoughts to his, my heart to his, my desire, everything that is me, I'm surrendering when I surrendering when I say, God, your will be done in my life. When I say, God, let your will be done, it's, it's an act of surrender. Surrendering control. Knowing that His will is way better than my will. The old preacher used to say that He treated me better than I could have treated myself. And it's true, it's real. It involves faith and surrender. And I go to God on bended knee. God, I don't go to God with my plans, I go with bended knee and say, Your will be done. Elizabeth Elliot said it like this, To pray thy will be done, I must be willing, if the answer requires it, that my will be undone. To pray thy will be done, I must be willing, if the answer requires it, that my will be undone. Are there any strong-willed people in the house this morning? Don't make me ask your parents. <laughs> the doctor or Dr. Dobson, right? One of the one of the most renowned authors and and teachers of family psychology all that stuff has a whole book called The Strong-Willed Child. And your will is strong. But what we're saying is I like to be in control lord your will be done we pray that it sounds rote right lord your will be done okay we pray that no lord your will not mine if it requires my will to be completely undone god your will be done i don't know if there's anybody in here who's ever prayed for something that you were you were just convinced that was god's will and then it didn't happen and you were like thank you jesus thank you, God, that I didn't take that job. Because you thought, boy, this God lines me up with this job, and it's God's will, and, and I'm just going to do that. And instead of praying God's will, God's will be done, you're convinced. There's the job. It must be God's will. Because everything's God's will, right? God's providing this job for me, and here it is right in front of me, and you don't get it. And then six months later, that whole company folds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I didn't Marry that person. Thank you, jesus that I didn't go on that trip. Thank you, jesus that I didn't get on that airplane Thank you, jesus. I didn't take that money. That seemed like a weird deal. God. Thank you, jesus I didn't sign that contract. There's so many things so What I do know Is that i've been walking with the lord some 25 plus years Don't let this fresh face fool you. I've been walking with Jesus some 25 plus years. I have learned that the more I pray for God's will, the more I desire God's will, the more I submit to God's will, the more my will begins to mold and look like his will. Because we are becoming Christ-like. I pray that we are. So when you say, let your will be done, you're literally praying Jeremiah 18 without even knowing it. You're saying, God, I'm going to go ahead. I'm the cod, I'm the pot. You're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me, shape me, transform me. He's not going to harm you on the wheel. He's going to create a masterpiece on that wheel. Your will be done. Romans 12, where I'm no longer conforming to the patterns of this world, but I'm being transformed into the image of God. Where is that scripture today? Romans 12. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There it is again. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, one translation says. Goodness, the patterns of this world? Do you get sucked in? Do you know what they said about me? I can't let that go. That's not true. I got to defend myself. Do not be conformed but be transformed. What's the word, the Greek word for transformed right there? It's the, more, the word metamorphosis. It's what happens to the caterpillar when it goes into that cocoon. They're transformed. They go into metamorphosis. They're transforming into a beautiful butterfly. By the renewing of your mind, the Scripture says, that you may prove. Now notice, this all goes back to God's will. That you may prove. Maybe a better word than, than prove might be that you may know. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You can know the will of God. It's not a mystery. But it's clear to those who are willing to be transformed. I've talked to so many people. And they walk around. They're, they're so confused. And it's such a fog. And I can look at it from, where, for, uh, from my perspective and say, This is easy. But you have to be willing to get on the potter's wheel. And then life starts to get Clearer. And I've said over and over again that God's will. I stand on that and I stand by that. It's absolute. What is the will? Pray Thy will be done. A lot of things on my mind, but most first and foremost, God, Your will be done. <laughs> I don't come to you, God, with my God with my own ideas. I don't go to God with our own plan. To Scripture to prove it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, God, I got this plan. Oh, yeah, it is. There's the scripture that proves my plan. No, no, that's backwards. You know, the the one that does that, right? That flips through and decides that they're randomly going to decide what what scripture they're going to live by. And they go, God, it's your will that this Bible opens to my life verse. And here it is. And you know what it said, right? And Judas hanged himself. Okay, God, speak to me through your word. I know you're going to do it. It's your will. And boom, no whammy, Stop. Go there for and do likewise. <laughs> That's not how it works. I don't go to God with my plan and then try and find something to back my idea up. Remember the disciples did that. They got mad at a group of people and they were like, hey, you know, Jesus, the Bible, Elijah called down fire and Jesus, we should probably do that. They found a promise and the book of James and, and the early Jewish, Jewish church did that. They were praying. And James goes, yeah, but we're not getting answers. Well, that's because you're not, you're not matching your, your will to find things in the old scriptures to meet your, your outcome. You're praying with wrong motives. <laughs> Be transformed by the renewing of your mind think about different things, renew your mind be led by the Spirit say Lord your will be done on earth as it is in heaven surrender be transformed and pray that God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven It's a beautiful prayer that Jesus is leading his disciples through how to pray. It's a beautiful blueprint. But God, let your kingdom come. God, I got a lot I want to talk to you about. But first and foremost, God, forget all about that right now. God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. I just want whatever heaven heaven has for me, even more than my own desires. And that's where the Holy Spirit moves. That's where there begins to be a flow between you and God and the Holy Spirit gets involved. And that's where faith and that's where instruction and correction and clarity. So, Father, that's our prayer this morning. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Would the church agree this morning by saying amen? Would you stand? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning. And as we take some time to to, to reflect on what we just heard, the, the translation of the Holy Spirit to your heart, would you bow your heads with me this morning? Bow your heads and thank God that we have the privilege of hearing from the Holy Spirit and hearing from His Word. So many things are are running through our minds, Lord. God, we want Your will to be done. We want Your kingdom to come in a grand, broad sense. But God, when we drill down to our very lives, do we really want Your kingdom to come? Do we want to succumb to your reign and your rule in our lives, that we would get off the throne, God, of our lives, and that, Lord, you would be on the throne and in control. And, Lord, you would be forefront and manifest in our lives, that the things we do would not look like the things that the world does, that the things, Lord, that, 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 That the world looks at as this is the normal way, this is the way we all should be defensive and angry and all outraged. But God, your word says joy, peace, righteousness. That we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds if we want to figure out what your will is for us. God, your will is your word. Lord, help us to stay in that Romans chapter if we need to. And God, just transform the renewing of our minds. Help us to think differently, Lord. Don't be conformed to to the patterns of this world. It's right there in your word, God, if we would just read it. I'm thankful, Lord, we don't have to go through life trying to figure you out. But you reveal yourself in your word. It's right there. We just need to read it. So Father, we pray. Your kingdom come in our lives. Be manifest. Your will be done. If it means us surrendering our will and undoing our will... We may have had a great trajectory for our lives, but it's not what you have for our lives. If our will needs to be undone for yours to be done, God, give us the uh, the the obedience to recognize that this morning. That we would step off the throne and let you rule and you reign and your will be done. And God, give us glimpses Of heaven when we do that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything in heaven comes under your command. And God, help us to realize that we find in your word in Ephesians, Lord, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not about the arguments. It's not about, Lord, whether we eat or drink trivial things. Our struggle is not against people. Transform our minds, God. Renew our minds. God, as we stand here in your presence, might we be spirit led people. Not only all the time, Lord, of course, but right here, right now, God, your Holy Spirit is going out amongst your people and and speaking words of truth that have come from your word this morning. And God, I pray that these words would change people's hearts and lives this morning. And that, God, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, that never put you in control, that may have played church for a long, long time, but God now they're ready to surrender and say your will be done. Your kingdom come in my life. I am stepping off the throne and putting you God on the throne. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we never want to give we never want to give not give you an opportunity to receive Christ this morning. You have heard the message, the gospel message this morning that Christ died in your place for your sins and was raised again on the third day so that you might be raised to life as well in eternity with him. And if the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart this morning, no one's going to embarrass you or call you out, but we do want to pray for you. Heads bowed and eyes closed if that's you this morning. You say, you know what, Pastor? That's me. Just slip your hand up where you are and say, I'm ready to surrender the reign and control in my life to God. It's not about me anymore. I've played church a long time and I'm done. I surrender the control. Your kingdom come in my life. If that's you this morning, you just slip your hand up. We're not going to judge you. You might have been in this church for the first time or the 101st time. doesn't matter. It's about surrender. It's about transformation. It's about God's will and his kingdom come in your life. See, Pastor, that is me this morning. I surrender right now hearts and minds clear God before you I would want to pray a blessing over your house and over your people this morning and over this sacred place and this is scripture pray this the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. May His favor be upon you on a thousand generations, your family, your children, their children, and their children. And may His presence go before you and behind you and beside you and all around you and within you. He is with you this morning. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and in your rejoicing, he is for you. May his favor be upon you. God, bless these people and bless this house as we surrender to your will. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless.